now time for the Billy C Show, part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Caliger, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening. I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by the Title Bout Championship Computer Game. Check it out if you want to take a fighter of yesteryear and put him against a fighter of today. Title Bout is the game for you. It's a uh, uh, a simulation game, and you're going to love it. Visit TitleBoutBoxing.com or go to our website, BillyCBoxing.com dot com and uh click the title about banner today's show is also being brought to us in part by the southern gourmet spice company if you're looking for the best uh barbecue rub look no further than kenny bears if you're looking for the best seasoned salt look no further than kenny bears seasoned salt and my personal favorite the cajun spice check it out get bottle of each southern gourmet and make sure you tell them Billy C sent you. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Men on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can get a copy of this book right now where you're watching or listening to this very show. All you got to do is visit barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Hey, if you want a signed copy, just drop me an email, billy at talkingboxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. All right, we're going to talk about the uh, Usyk-Joshua rematch. We're going to give you breakdowns and predictions. Uh, my man uh, uh, Alex Papali will be joining us uh, a little bit later, as will uh, Dax Khan. Uh, I got to uh, uh, get them on pretty soon. Uh, but first, I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the uh, fight from this past weekend. Um, Tiafimo Lopez uh, stopped... Uh, uh, well, campaigned the first time in his uh, uh, junior welterweight division, uh, moving from the lightweight division, and he stopped uh, Pedro Campa uh, in the seventh round. Um, my thoughts on this fight uh, was pretty, I thought it was a pretty good fight. Uh, there was no question about that. Um, it was an exciting fight, just like, uh, uh, you know, typically uh, Lopez fights are. Um you know, my thoughts totally were pretty simple. I, I thought he looked good against um, an opponent who came the fight, which I thought was was critical. I, I, th- I thought he looked good. Um, he, he fought the right guy. Uh, he wants to take over the division, all that stuff. Um, but some of my criticisms of uh, Tiafimo, uh was simply this. Um, he, he, he has no defense. And, you know, it's something that he's going to have to tighten up uh, moving forward in, in the junior uh, welterweight division. Um, he looked good uh, against uh, Campa because Campa was right there in front of him. Uh, but he fights a lot with his hands down. Uh, his head is exposed a lot. Uh, it seems to that it's there to be hit. Um, I also feel one of the things that really stuck out to me in this fight was his legs. You know, if you've been watching or listening to this show for any length of time, you know that I'm, I'm always talking about a fighter's legs. And, you know, they kept saying, oh, well, uh, camp is much bigger, much bigger. Well, he didn't seem bigger in stature in terms of height. 
in terms of, of his, you know, uh, body uh, build. Um, but when you looked at the, the two sets of legs, the legs on Campa look like tree trunks compared to Lopez's legs. I personally think that he should focus on building up his legs, and with it will come some extra power. Um, you know, Campa's legs seem like they were twice as high. I just think if Lopez wants to continue to fight and be successful with knockouts, I think he's going to have to work on his legs and his defense, uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing more of uh, Tiafimo Lopez in the junior uh, welterweight division. Um, Oscar De La Hoya was ringside. Uh, Oscar looked good, but I, I got to make a comment. I, I know people are going to give me a hard time about this, but I don't know if you noticed that the, the woman he was with, you know, the one that was hanging all over him. Um, to me, she was an example of today's women. Uh, you know, fake boobs, fake tan, cosmetic surgery. Uh, why? I bet she was pretty attractive beforehand. That's all I'm going to say. Um, all right, let's get, uh, you know, I like to mix in some non-boxing uh, stuff, but let's talk a little about the uh, heavyweight division before we get into, uh, before I tell you my uh, thoughts on the on the big Usyk-Joshua uh, rematch this Saturday. We are going to be doing a post-fight show uh, right after the fight, so make sure you tune in uh, approximately six minutes after the official uh, uh, decision is, is announced, and we'll be here. Uh, and hopefully uh, uh, you guys will be too. Um, Tyson Fury retired uh, last week, um, but uh, who knows? I don't think anybody uh, really thinks that he's uh, uh, retired. Um, you know, they, they asked uh, uh, the WBC president, uh, Mauricio Suleiman, and uh, he said that uh, they're giving Tyson Fury until August 26th uh, before they actually uh, put the belt up. Or he said, uh, and I quote, we, we had a, uh, uh, we, we, he didn't want to confirm that the title would be vacant. Uh, he said that we're going to wait till the 26th. That's our deadline to have a formal uh, confirmation of his decision. We have no rush. He's been a big hero inside the ring and out of it. If he confirms his retirement, we're going to have a big celebration for Tyson uh, Fury. Um you know, I, I, I think most people expect uh, Tyson Fury to come back. Um, but, you know, look at it this way. Because of the saturation of champions, the best of the best really don't need the belt to be viewed upon as the best. And, and this is my thoughts about Tyson Fury. Should he not um, retire, I think, and, and then he, all of a sudden he does come out of retirement. If, if he should retire, then comes out of retirement a year from now, people are still going to regard him as a champ. And by the way, don't forget the WBC's rule of a champion in recess or a champion of Murtai, which means uh, if they, they vacate the belt and they have somebody else fight for it and then he decides to come out of retirement, he's going to get an immediate shot. Uh, so, And then another interesting thing um, came out about that. They said that um, the ring belt, right, the ring magazine's belt, which is supposed to be, as far as I know, is supposed to be the linear title, right? Well, they said that they are going to uh, uh, put that belt on the line this weekend for the Anthony Joshua Usyk re rematch. I, I think that's kind of stupid, you know. Um, I, I mean, linear title means you got to win it in the ring. If you retire, okay, you, you put it uh, up against the next two guys, which I think they're trying to do. But he hasn't officially announced his retirement. I know he did. 
But uh, you know, I'm not so sure he did. At least wait till the 26th. You got you know, you got another 10 days, nine days, or whatever. Um, it was announced that uh, uh, Deontay Wilder and Robert Helinas is going to be fighting on October 15th. Um, I, I think it's a good fight for Wilder. I, I don't think he's going to have any problem with Helinas. Helinas stands right in front of him, and all Wilder can do is land a bomb, and he's going to, and he's going to stop Helinas. Uh, I don't see this as being much of a fight, but I do think it's a good comeback fight for Deontay Wilder. I personally see Deontay Wilder fighting Anthony Joshua, whether he wins or loses on Saturday night. One last thing before I uh, give you my breakdowns uh, of the big fight uh, is this. Um, the British Boxing Board of Controls uh, sends the championship uh, news, their flyers and stuff uh, uh, on a regular basis. And I just wanted to point out, because we've been kind of focusing on a heavyweight division, giving you a little updates on, on that. Um, and... and you know, they have a vacant heavyweight title, and they've ordered uh, the fight between Fabio Wardley and Nathan Gorman. Uh, they will give us a date and a venue. Eddie Hearn uh, will promote the fight. And I just want to give you guys a little heads up on these two fighters in case you don't know about them. Uh, Fabio Wardley is 27 years old. He's undefeated at 14-0 with 13 of his wins coming by knockout. He's six foot five and he weighs 235 pounds generally. Um, Nathan Gorman, you might have heard, uh, he has uh, fought, he seemingly he's fought more notable fights. Um, he's 19-1. and one. Uh, He's 26 years old. 13 of his wins coming by knockout. His loss... Uh, he was stopped by Daniel Dubois. Uh, he did beat Kevin Johnson. He comes in uh, around 270 pounds. He's six foot four and a half. Um, I'm interested in this fight, so I'm curious to see uh, what happens. Uh, so I'll keep you guys posted uh, on that. Okay, you know, a lot of people have been asking me, emailing me. Uh, I've gotten voicemails uh, concerning this fight uh, for a while now, and I, I have kind of given. Uh, my uh, my thoughts away, um, you know, a couple weeks ago. But but uh, you know, I, 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 let me break it down for you. Anthony Joshua, uh, former uh, gaggle of uh, belts champion, uh, the WBA, uh, the IBF, the WBO, the IBO. Um, he's uh, 24 wins, 22 of the wins coming by knockout, uh, two losses, uh, one in which he was stopped. Um, you know, he, uh, uh, he stopped uh, by uh, Andy Ruiz Jr., uh, and um, uh, he lost his other fight to Usyk when he lost all the titles. Um, he's six foot six, uh, 82-inch reach. He usually fights in the neighborhood of 235, 245 pounds. It's going to be interesting to see uh, how he comes into this fight. Um, you know, I, I still think his best fight as a pro was his 11th round stoppage over uh, Vladimir Klitschko back in 2017, April 29th, uh, 2017 to be uh, exact. Um, you know, he had beaten all the other uh, heavyweights uh, that were anybody that was in the mix, with the exception of Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. He beat everybody else, including uh, Ruiz in the rematch. The only guy he hasn't beaten so far is uh, Usyk, in addition to Fury and Wilder. Um, his, uh, uh, in his last fight, he lost all those titles to Usyk uh, on September 25th of last year. Um, interesting fact about him is that um, he's only fought 
um, two southpaws in his life, uh, or as, at least as a pro. I, I don't know if he has as an amateur. Uh, one was his victory over Charles Martin, and the other was against Usyk. Uh, I'm hoping that he, he got a little more sparring against Southpaws. He's only fought 124 rounds as a pro uh, in his 26 fights, 84.62% uh, uh, knockout percentage. Um, Anthony Joshua is now being trained by Robert Garcia. Um, I think that was a good move. I, you know, I, I had said for a while that I thought that he needed a different trainer. I personally thought, and, and you know, this is probably unfair to Garcia because we haven't seen uh, AJ with Garcia yet, but I personally thought that Sugar Hill uh, would have been a, a good uh, candidate for him. Um, you know, Tyson Fury was going to change. We talked about this last week. was going to change, got rid of uh, Sugar Hill. And, uh, 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 you know, was going with his buddy who's a, a fighter, featherweight, I believe. Um, you know, Sugar Hill helped Tyson Fury big time. Tyson Fury didn't, in my opinion, didn't have the knockout or didn't know how to use his power uh, until he hooked up with Sugar Hill. Um, I, I thought that Sugar Hill would have been a great compliment to Anthony Joshua. Instead, he took uh, Garcia. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Robert Garcia is a great a corner guy, and uh, for all accounts, I've heard that he's doing very well. Anthony Joshua lo loved the camp with him. Um, I've heard some comments along the lines that uh, Garcia's been able to bring out the animal in AJ. Uh, he does seem docile at times, uh, so uh, so we'll wait and see what happens on Saturday night. And like I said, if you're just tuning in, don't forget we will be doing a live post-fight show uh, as soon as uh, the fight is over, approximately six minutes or so. Now, Anthony Joshua steps in the ring uh, with the current WBO, WBA, IBF, IBO uh, world heavyweight champion in uh, Alexander Usyk. Um, now, Usyk, uh, he's 19-0, 13 of his wins coming by knockout, and only one of them uh, against uh, heavyweights. He's only fought uh, three times as a heavyweight, uh, Chaz Witherspoon was the guy he knocked out. Um, you know, I, I, you know. Listen, he was as a cruiserweight. There was no question that he was the best cruiserweight uh, out there. He's a six foot three southpaw. He's got a seventy eight inch reach, so he's given up his reach to AJ. Um, and uh, he's thirty five years old, and he's almost given up a decade uh, in uh, in age. He's two hundred. He last fight he was two hundred twenty. Uh, one and a quarter pounds in his uh, first fight with AJ. Uh, I, I kind of expect him to, to be a little bigger. Um, you know, they call him uh, 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 the mad uh, scientist. Uh, uh, this is a guy that, uh, or a professor, whatever they call him. You know, this is a guy that, um, you know, is very hard to beat. He, he, nobody's been able to solve the, the, the puzzle of uh, Usyk uh, as of yet. Um, you know, he, he's a master. We saw the first fight. Uh, I, you know, it reminded me, if you're old enough to remember um, the fight between Michael Spinks and, uh, and Larry Holmes, um, not that he fought like Michael Spinks, but the way that Michael Spinks beat Holmes, the way he, he got in there and landed a couple punches, then got out um, and, and won on the scorecards, that's the way Usyk beat AJ. And AJ didn't have a mean streak. I thought for sure that if he would have attacked Usyk and caught him, 
that it would have been lights out, but he didn't, and uh, Yusick won that fight. Um, now, Yusick is going to go into this fight uh, with a lot of stuff on his mind, I'm sure, with the uh, Ukrainian war going on. Um, he did uh, take some time and, and go and help uh, his countrymen over there. And I believe, although some experts have said uh, that it may tax and may wear on him, he may not uh, be himself uh, because of the pressure of, of the war and everything else. I think the complete opposite. I think Usyk is going to use that uh, as a motivational tool. And I think that, um, you know, we are going to see the best Usyk on Saturday night. Uh, I don't think that, uh, you know, we, we can uh, make any excuses for him should he not come out on top, uh, you know, about the Ukrainian war and everything else. I think he's using that uh, as a, uh, a driving stick uh, for himself. He's also expecting uh, more from Anthony Joshua than he got in the first fight. And this is what makes Usyk so difficult to beat. He always seems to be a step ahead uh, of his opponents. Now, when I look at these two guys and I look at the boxing ability of both, although I've always thought that Anthony Joshua was a, a really good boxer, ring general in the ring, I think that Usyk is better. Um, I think Usyk is a, is a smarter fighter. Um, he definitely uses um, everything to his advantage. Now, how do I see this fight going? Uh, well, look, uh, I know a lot of people like Usyk, and I think Usyk has a lot going for him. All right. I think he's going to be uh, one step ahead of, of uh, AJ. I think he's going to use the Ukrainian war uh, as a um, motivational tool. And I think we're going to see the best Usyk that we've ever seen. However, I think Anthony Joshua has a good chance of winning this fight. And I think that Robert Garcia is going to bring out uh, an aggressive Anthony Joshua. Because in my opinion, the only way that Anthony Joshua wins this fight is if he comes out aggressively. That means let his hands go. Um, I don't know if Usyk can knock him out with one punch. I do believe that Anthony Joshua has a suspect chin. We all know that. But I'm not so sure Usyk has the punching power to knock him out with one punch. I definitely think he's got the punching power accumulation to knock him out. Um, if I'm Anthony Joshua, I don't let that happen. I jump all over uh, Usyk from the opening bell, and I go for an early knockout. And that's what I'm predicting is going to happen, boys and girls. I think that Anthony Joshua will regain his titles, um, and he will stop Usyk early in the fight. If this fight goes past eight rounds, we're going to see a duplicate of the first fight. That's my thoughts uh, on that one. Joining me right now uh, is uh, my man uh, Alex Papali. Uh, and Alex, you're with me right now, my man. What's going on? I don't hear you. Sorry, oh. I had the mute on. I was coughing before. Uh, yeah. So when I was backstage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good evening. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Very good. I am very excited for this fight. This is going to be, uh, uh, this is really going to be a, a good one. Um, you know, I'm trying not to let the fact that Fury has retired spoil it um, in a way. I, I don't really believe the uh, retirement anyway. Uh, there's just no way you could walk away if there's $100 million on the, on the table, which if what you said comes true, there will be. Um, so uh, I'm very excited because I, I actually, 
think the opposite. I think uh, we're going to see Usyk get the stoppage, um, and that's very exciting. If um, if two of us uh, have the polar opposite opinions, you know we're in for a good fight. <laughs> Either that or uh, a really boring one, right? But. Uh... <laughs> Um, well, so, they're heavy, so it could always be boring. <laughs> how do you see it going? I mean, like, what you know? What's your thoughts? I think that um, I think some of what you said, I definitely agree with. But I think that because we know that um, uh, Joshua can is you can hurt him, you can tag him, and you could hurt him, um, even though. Usyk is not a huge puncher. I think, uh, as much as I think it would be a great uh, strategy for um, Joshua to be much more aggressive, and with Robert Garcia in the corner, I I think he will be. Um, The thing is, I think it's got to be carefully applied aggression, and I'm not sure he could do that Um, because in, in some ways... He's got to sort of overwhelm him with just his massive size and, and do it early. Um, because uh, the thing about um, Usyk is all the fainting, he gets you into, and he's not a huge puncher, but he'll get you into his, his rhythm. And if he does that with Joshua, uh, I just think if Joshua comes forward, um, which is the way to do it. Uh, you know, he's got to be aggressive. He's going to get, um, he's going to walk into something. And we saw that that's, that was really his undoing with Andy Ruiz. Now, I think Andy Ruiz hits harder than Usyk, yep. but Usyk is so much smarter. And Usyk uh, is the gu- kind of guy that um, he's going to exhaust you. Um, so, uh, like you said, I think it is an interesting fight um, because early, I think Joshua's chances are good. He's a great big guy. Um, if he can, you know, overwhelm Usyk uh, and hurt him, hit him harder than he's ever been hit, uh, that you know, who knows what could happen earlier? But early, but that's the thing is that um, uh, if you let Usyk do his thing, you're going to be exhausted um, just from dealing with his feints, the, the mental pressure, and we know that that's part of what it can affect Joshua. Um, I don't know if Dax can hear us right now, but if you can, Dax, you uh, don't have a video. You don't have a, a video on the screen. Um, you know, the, the thing is, is if, if, if Joshua does come out the way I think he should, um, here you go. Let's, let's get Dax in here now. Uh, he... Uh, Okay, there, there he is. Um, I think uh, I do think that if if Joshua comes out at Usyk, and if if you guys uh, just you know pamper me here and 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 think he's going to come out and attack Usyk, how is Usyk going to respond to that? Um, do you think that he could handle um, defensively uh, an all-out blitz, so to speak, uh, from uh, from AJ? You think so, Dak? Absolutely, absolutely. I don't, I don't. Matter of fact, I think that would be the biggest mistake for Anthony Joshua to come right out and attack him. I, absolutely. I, look, Alexander Usyk, right now, universally, pretty much, by anybody credible, 
is considered the second best fighter in the sport, pound for pound, just under Inouye. And there's a reason for that. When you look at the two of these guys and their history in terms from the amateurs to the professionals up until their first fight, not only did they win the Olympic, did they win a gold medal at the same games? Not only has Alexander Usyk already faced and beaten some of the guys that Anthony Joshua won't go near, or his promoter won't let him go near. Alexander Usyk is not as small as you think, Bill. No, I, 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 are often misconstrued. Mike Tyson, remember, used to be always introduced between five foot eleven and a half to six foot. <laughs> no. Mike is about five nine and a half. He's. I, mean, I don't even know if he's that. We all know that. I just, so, hey, uh, d- hey, now, Alex, turn up your volume a little, Alex. You got to crank up your volume. He does not use one punch power. Alexander Usyk is a combination of everything prior to. Vitaly Klitschko and Vasyl Lomachenko, Eastern European fighters especially, were not. And he has benefited from not only American trainers like um, James Ali Bashir, who was Manny Stewart's 15 years, which is funny since earlier on I heard you mention um, Sugar Hill for Anthony Joshua, but he has also benefited from Anatoly Lomachenko, who trained him for the Olympics and got him ready for the first fight. Alex hit on something that is crucial in terms of everything that Alexander Usyk does wears you down, including the pre-fight. You go to most fights, I don't care how big the fights are, we know this, you go there and there's always some kind of tension. At least one of the guys is trying to be either a overly nice to win the crowd or to try and intimidate and um, talk about their skill set, what they know they're able to do. Alexander Usyk is the opposite. He's quiet. He has a look on him like a serial killer. I mean, he really is kind of a scary looking guy. He's about 6'4". He's not. He's, he's closer to 6'4 than he is 6'3". He has a long reach. He's always smiling, and if you've ever seen any of his stare downs. A lot of guys are always trying to look really intimidating. And you know, they're trying to see if they can break you. Usyk almost has that again, serial killer look in his eye where there's nothing. He's staring through you. Nothing is phasing him. Everything is out. And you know, when even you're in an elite fighter, when you, because that's what the fans look for. In big matchups, is which guy breaks first during the um, stare down? Which, which guy smiles first? Which guy blinks first? Which guy turns first? Which guy um, reaches out his hand first? Because they, for whatever reason, think that that is the first sign of they're not feeling all that confident. Usyk, when you walk away, you're saying to yourself, "Why did this guy just stare at me? Not blink. He smiled." If I put my hand there, he was willing to shake it. He's okay. And then, then you look at what he's done before. 
and he's faced better opposition than Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua has had two top-tier fighters in his career. And that was, you mentioned it, Vladimir Klitschko coming off a long layoff in his 40s. He had to come from behind. And he wasn't behind so much on the cards, but, you know, he was close to getting... If Klitschko was a little bit more aggressive after that knockdown, he would have got the stoppage. You've said it yourself many times, Bill. The other one, Alexander Povetkin. Povetkin way past his best. Since then, him, the buildup for him and Deontay Wilder, them sharing opponents such as Eric Molina. I mean, come on, how did Eric Molina get so many world title shots? Who did, who did Usyk fight in the heavyweight division? Who did I what? Usyk fought three fights in the heavyweight division. He destroyed. He owned the cruiserweight division. There's no question. And I will say this. I, I agree that the size difference isn't as much as you think. But, Alex, let me ask you this. Um, in my opinion, a, a fighter shouldn't fall prey to what Dax is saying in terms of the, the lunatic, the, the serial killer look, you know, that, those games. I mean, if you're a pro and you're a pro's pro, and you're biting that, if you're taking that hook, um, yeah, all credit to, to a guy like Usyk if he can get under your skin like that. But come on, you got to be being taught in, in, during training that he's going to be doing this. you got to be ready for this. Yeah, and I think that some of it is, uh, you know, the typical uh, final press conference pageantry. It's hard to uh, glean too much from it. However, I think Dax is right that, uh, the thing about Usyk always he has a certain sort of maniacal calm to him to him, uh, which is I find a little off-putting. Um, and I, you know, I'm watching from my couch. I'm not standing like this uh, with him. Uh, and to me, because I, I did watch the uh, press conference, I guess that I don't know if that was. Because they're like half a day ahead of us. So I don't know if that was today. I guess it must have been earlier today. What time is the fight anyway? The t the fight will be like around 1 o'clock uh, uh, on Saturday. Our time? Yeah, East Coast. That'll time. be great. One or one or two. Um, the, the broadcast, I think, starts at 1. So um, I would say by the time the main event, you know, what, 2.33? That'll be great um, for us. Dax, um, the difference is what I'm saying. That's that's not an act, though. That, no. that is, I understand what you're saying, Bill. Oh, if a fighter falls into it, for example, Canelo and Plant. That is something where Plant tried to. Yeah, but whether it's an act or not, there, you shouldn't let it get to you. Music is. I have met him. I spent time with him down when he fought Michael Hunter. You know, I sat down with him for an hour. That's who he is. That's his personality. Tyson Fury. I've told you before. That guy that we see on TV and all these antics and jokes. When I was with Tyson Fury the day before the Steve Cunningham fight, there was no press around. There was just his team, and that's how Tyson Fury really is. You know, so Alexander Usyk, the fact that he's really like that, yes, a solid professional, especially one at that upper echelon, knows they can tell when somebody's trying to be over brave. Canelo Plant again, for an example, because it was so recent. Canelo knew Plant was trying to be overly brave. He was trying to um, really psych himself up. But again, on the opposite hand, in a similar fashion, Dimitri Bivol and Canelo, 
Dimitri Bivol, because he is so polite, such a nice guy, it's really hard to like stare him down because you don't know what he's thinking because this is a guy who's just being himself because guys like that are so relaxed. Triple G is another guy who had that persona, still does, but at his best that, you know, you just, it, you walk away thinking, what is this guy thinking? What has this guy figured out about me? And what makes it worse, again, going back to what Alex said, is the style of Usyk is tiring. Vladimir Klitschko, his jabs, a lot of guys, including Ray Mercer, will tell you, were worse than most guys' overhand rights. But on the other hand, Vitaly Klitschko, who a lot of guys said didn't hit overly hard, but he just never stopped punching. Now, you add that Vitaly Klitschko in with the Lomachenko movement, you never get to really sit down and hit him clean. Tony Bello is the only guy that managed to get in a clean shot because Usyk more or less kind of, um, you know, if you watch the fight again, he kind of like, you know, relaxed, put his guard down because he thought he had it, you know, in control and uh, Bello. Kind of got, and then what happened was Usyk went right back to him and he picked you apart and you are spending more time, Bill, thinking about what is coming at you. It doesn't matter if it's hard or it's soft. Where is he going? The feints are moving. It's mentally exhausting and that mental exhaustion starts making you doubt yourself and your abilities. Lomachenko, that's how Nicholas Walters quit on his stool. That's why they started calling him Nomaschenko. He doesn't just like Usyk. He doesn't hit his opponent really hard, but he's hitting you so hard so often from so many different angles. You are literally saying to yourself, I'm a world champion and this guy is playing with me like I just started sparring yesterday. And that is mentally exhausting and you start letting your hands down and this is when guys at that level are able to do with you as they please. And he hits harder than He's given credit for. Anthony Joshua has shown his flaws, even at his improvements. Anthony Joshua has not really changed much. If Andy Ruiz Jr. would have came into that fight in the same shape he was in the first one, he'd have been knocked out. The last fight, when Anthony Joshua was fighting Usyk, Joshua was stumbled more than once. Listen, um, if, first of all, and Alex, I want your thoughts. First of all, do you think a fighter, and I've said this all the time, the worst thing a fighter can do is overthink. He should be fighting a fight automatically. And what every point that you make, Dax, is true if a fighter lets that happen, if a fighter overthinks, if he starts playing that game and getting sucked into Usyk. You know, um, you're painting this picture that, there's no way that he's not going to be able to fall into that into that trap. And and I'm saying you're right. If he falls into that trap, it the same outcome is going to happen. My prediction is it's not. I think he's going to go and attack Usyk and uh and and I think he he has to because if he doesn't take care of him quickly, uh it's going to be the same result. But don't well, you think if Alex Usyk does the opposite? He's not going to do the opposite. He's, what if he does, though? This is a, this, why, What if Usa came out and went right after Joshua? Anthony Joshua, very much like Teofimo Lopez, as we've seen last week, does not like getting hit. Yeah. Anthony Joshua... Nobody likes getting hit. Yeah, 
it's a, it's a pain. It's a hurt business. Of course, Usyk would be, be Usyk would be making a mistake if he attacked uh, uh, Anthony Joshua because I don't think he could knock him out with one punch. I don't. I do think he can accumulate and knock him out. But yeah, uh, Ruiz Junior is not a big punch. He's he's a bigger puncher than way Usyk bigger punches. But he's even, not a huge puncher. Even, Anthony Joshua gets shell shocked. It's even, I told you during after the on. We did a post-fight show after the Takam fight, and I said, Anthony Joshua showed in that fight he is more Frank Bruno than Lennox Lewis. He's got a weak chin. He's got to be, he's got a lot of power, and he can box, obviously. He's an Olympic gold medalist, but he doesn't have that ability to continuously adapt at situations. That's what Frank Bruno did. He changed his trainer. And I think that that's going to make a big thing. And you talk about Usyk. He's got 19 fights, 13 knockouts. And remember, only three fights have been at heavyweight. So that means he hasn't even knocked out cruiserweights. Uh, listen, I'm not saying he can't knock out Joshua because Joshua's biggest weakness is his chin. But I don't think that Usyk... I think Usyk is too smart, and I think his boxing ability is too sharp to go in there and try and attack Anthony Joshua. I, I, hey, listen, if he does, more power to him. That's a great game plan if he does do that. What do you I, think, I, Alex? I know this Alex. much. Alex, before you, I know this much. Before Usyk you try and say something, Alex. <laughs> Usyk is bigger than Holyfield. He's a better boxer than Holyfield. And look what Holyfield did. Yeah, I think that Usyk, uh, I think we're going to see a more aggressive Usyk. I don't think we're going to see Hagler Hearns. Uh, he's not going to come out there, charge him, and just start. Uh, it, it'll be a won't be a brawl. I think we probably see uh, Joshua surging early, and I think that's wise. I think for Joshua, what he's got to do, um, and hopefully with Garcia there, we'll, he'll be more aggressive. See, the thing that Garcia cannot um, cannot put in him is heart and make him not overthink and because he's lost and lost big uh i think that's why he falls for the faints because he knows i don't know if i want to go and say he's chinny because he is he chinny always gets, he always gets back up but he's certainly vulnerable and he knows he's vulnerable so i think the thing about that is that that's why he is go he's always been hesitant at least ever since the Vladimir Klitschko fight it's like he's regressed he's been less willing to be the aggressive big man that he appears to be the thing is that if he with Garcia because the thing when you have Usyk in front of you fainting fainting he's moving like this his body is mostly there so if Joshua comes out and jabs low to like the center mass and and starts that early and just starts thinking about putting his hands on him that's going to be wise and he'll force like impose himself on Usyk maybe make it a little rough if they if if Usyk tries to find his own ground grab him um but the thing is that's we haven't seen that Joshua in in a while if ever so that's why this he has to fight the fight of his of his life um on saturday uh to me Usyk is the guy who uh 
and you know, and, and it's sort of the, the mindset usually of uh, rematches. What usually happens is we see the guy who won the first time win bigger. That's what I think is going to happen. Well, I mean, uh, you know, uh, both of you guys, I mean, you, you, you make great points. I, I look at this, and, and yes, I, I do agree. You make a, a real good point about Anthony Joshua, in a sense, finding uh, tentatively since, you know, since the Klitschko fight. Um, he doesn't never seem to have that killer instinct, which, you know, if he if Robert Garcia does get that out of him, he's going to be a dangerous man, you know. Um, and when you look at the, the Usyk comparison, I mean, uh, you know, believe it, uh, the bottom line is AJ's got a four inch reach advantage and a three and a half inch height advantage, you know, yes. um, which think about it. if you think about the killer instinct, it, instinct, instinct, when he went after Andy Ruiz, when he was hurt, that's when he got rocked. So well, that's, it's that's true. Always going to be in his mind. Well, that's and where never but, lost. But that's where Usyk is dangerous. Dax is if 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 AJ comes at him and he, he's not protecting himself. I, I mean, Usyk is a great counterpuncher. That's why I think that Usyk wouldn't attack AJ. I think that his advantage would be to catch Anthony Joshua making a mistake and and make him pay for it. Well, that's what he does best by constantly making his opponent think. That was my point before. It doesn't matter what level you get to. Opponents make other guy. You know, there's levels even at that championship caliber. The, um, for example, Demetri Bavall, Canelo Alvarez. It wasn't so much that Bavall was beating on him to knock him out, which is everything he was doing. Canelo just had no answer for and kind of stood there a little bit frozen. Nonito Donaire against um, Guillermo Rigondeau. Donaire, a definitely future Hall of Famer, just had no answers for him. I was at that fight. And Rob, every trainer has a weakness. Freddie Roach has a weakness with making his fighters over-aggressive and they seem to fall into getting caught by counterpunchers and they get hurt. The history of Robert Garcia, for as great of a trainer as he is, so I don't want people to say, oh, well, now he's putting Garcia down. I can. I have a list of guys that have kind of fallen into the trap of Robert Garcia is in their corner as their trainer, but they lose to guys like... Um, Alexander Usyk, for example, Mikey Garcia against Sander Martin. For, for, you know, there, there's one example. Uh, Donaire against um, Rigondeau. Margarito against Pacquiao. Examples of where a lot of his fighters have a hard time dealing with opponents, even at that top level, who move around. Yeah. Hey Alex, you said you saw the press conference, uh, and I'll tell you that the uh, the the garb that Usyk was wearing fits right up what Dax was saying. He looks like a complete maniac. I, I mean, I, if that doesn't scare the shit out of you, I don't know what does. You know. Well, that's the thing is that I I, I agree with what Dax was saying, but the thing is that there's a spectrum, <laughs> and I think the thing about the thing. The things that Usyk brings, I think, are very regional to Ukraine. Uh, some of the garb, uh, and to us, they do look bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, um, 
Is and yeah, it's in Tim, the hair, the hairdo. I mean, he looks like one of the wildlings. He looks like he's beyond the wall. He looks like he and, should be in a, a bottle, like a genie, you know, like a genie in a lamp, you know? <laughs> right. Well, and that was the thing, like, because, because, you know, it's hard to say, because sometimes press conferences matter, sometimes they don't. But what, what Dax was saying, I, you know, I, I think that that's, it's, it's, you, you got to always take it you know wonder about it because the way that this one went down to me when the stare down it's always it's been eddie hearn that sort of signals that it's over and then joshua who breaks them first if it matters and then joshua walked off the stage and was taking selfies with the crowd you sick went into a song and (laughs) went loud went rousing with the whole crowd and, um, you know, he looks like the heavyweight champion of the world. So, um, I, I don't know. It's, um, here, here's, and remember, he is the one that in, in the little DAZN, you know, DAZN puts those little bits together, the one on Yusik, uh, he mentions the thing that, of course, is, is, is the, the, so the big, uh, story that is so indicative of it is the Ali and, uh, the Cassius Clay, Sonny Liston weigh in. The idea that, Everybody has fear, but the only thing that's scary to somebody who's not afraid of anything is a crazy person. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, Usyk is Usyk is aware of that, so you do wonder: is it regional or is he a lunatic? Yeah, he could be a, <laughs> the other. The other could thing be a little had, of both. I had, you know, I had the benefit of being friends with Andrew Dundee for you know for more than a decade, and I know he's told this story to a lot of other people. Was Aside from Liston being afraid of crazy people, one of the other things that Liston realized when they got face-to-face, once event Cassius Clay calmed down, Liston realized he was actually the smaller man. Who was the smaller man? And so the the, the natural... Ali's bigger than Liston. Height-wise. Height-wise, yeah. Yeah, but Liston was so used to staring down at his opponents. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. And then on top of that, you got a guy that's screaming in your face Jeez. when you're known for being a destroyer. No, and this guy is already telling you that he's taken what you have. Well, we're going to get Paul Gallinger on here, and he's going to talk all about Sonny Liston as soon as he uh, gets back from but, Europe. But anyway, you know, here's, here's a question, really. The worst thing right now, Aside from Tyson Fury, he may retire, he may not. We need Tyson Fury. But because he just brings attention to our flagship division. That division was held hostage by the Klitschko brothers for well over a decade. As much as I like Tyson Fury, I'm sorry to say Father Time beat Vladimir Klitschko before Tyson Fury did because ever since the Lehman Brewster loss, Vladimir was nearly unbeatable and literally was just there's a guy that you didn't even have to go to the press conference just seeing what he did to his other opponents and the amount of punishment he could take was scary then we get wait 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 let me let me stop you for one second because I agree with everything you said but I think you skipped over a very important piece of of the success of Vladimir Klitschko. Vitaly Klitschko's problems was he got cut up and stuff like that. He, he was too vicious for his own good for a, a man that size. But Manny Stewart was the guy who stepped in and altered Klitschko, and he virtually, since that, 
uh, time. Never lost another round until he, he fought and lost to AJ. And the whole point I, that I opened this show before you came on, Dax, and I don't know, I forget if uh, if Alex was on yet, and that's the reason I was saying I thought that Sugar Hill would have made a great, great addition to AJ's team. But let's give Robert Garcia a chance because he's on display on Saturday night just as much as AJ is. And should he have been able to bring out some type of viciousness out of Anthony Joshua, he is going to be a dangerous man. And I don't care how wacko Usyk looks, um, it's going to be a tough out. I I agree with that. And and once again, I stress, I was a fan of Robert Garcia when he was a fighter. Definitely a fan of him as a trainer. My point was every great trainer, I don't care how far you go back, had some sort of flaw in their fighters. Whether or not some couldn't take counter punches, there were some that just trained fighters that were in such great condition, they weren't really great boxers, but they would just outlast their opponents. You know, it was more or less my point. Well, that's now, what defi- but that's what defines a great trainer. A guy that can bring out the best attributes of a fighter and camouflage the worst ones. That's again, what my point in terms of that is this will be their first fight together. Usyk has had the advantage of already working with an American trainer who was Manny Stewart's second for almost two decades. Along with that is the benefit of Anatoly Lomachenko, who is a guy that had no boxing experience he did this research. He did some out-of-the-ordinary things with Vassal, like ballet, so on and so forth. When Vassal came out, we seen him lose to Salido because he wasn't used to the rough stuff. He was still had the amateur mindset. When you look at him now, the type of fighter that he is, he has a mean streak in him, but not a Terrence Crawford-type mean streak where all of a sudden he goes to knock you out. When Vassal Lomachenko very much like Usyk in several fights. We've seen it in the Tony Bello fight. After Bello had kind of, you know, clocked him and got arrogant, he starts degrading you in the ring by turning up his skill level. You notice now Lomachenko, he will taunt you. He will sit there and he'll play uh, the bull versus the matador. He will sit there and guide you. He will, you know, put you to sleep. And, you know, these are things that they think, you're saying to yourself, I'm a three-time champion. I'm a three-division champion. I have knocked out this guy. I'm a gold medalist. I'm, there's not, I have no answers for this guy. And that itself, boxing, you know, Bill, you've been a promoter. You've been a manager. You've had a show for almost two decades. Boxing is more mental than physical. And that mental game will beat you before the physical game. Agreed. Agreed. So listen, let's go one more time. What's the your official prediction of the fight? How's it going to go? How's it going to end? Dax, you first. I think that Anthony Joshua is going to try and come out aggressive. I believe that Anthony Joshua is going to try and come out and use a power jab. But then afterwards, I think that Alexander Usyk, along with his team, are already expecting that 
It's not as though they have no experience against Robert Garcia fighters. And I think he's going to use that aggressiveness against him. He's going to make Joshua doubt himself. And he's going to pick Joshua apart. And I think he's going to knock Joshua out. Because Joshua is going to panic when he's getting hit clean. And it's not going to be the hard punches. It's going to be the constant ones that are in his face. That pretty much does to him what Andy Ruiz Jr. did to him. As he's trying to take a step back. And trying to think of a way he can throw a hard punch that's going to kind of stop Andy Ruiz Jr. in his tracks so he can get back to the middle of the ring and he can become the attacker. Except Alexander Usyk is going to stay constantly on top of him. What do you? So you're picking Usyk by knockout? I'm picking Usyk by knockout. And again, Usyk has already beat Joe Joyce. He's already beaten guys that are just as big as Anthony Joshua, and I believe Joe Joyce hits harder than Anthony Joshua. And Joe Joyce had Alexander Usyk just about to go. Usyk was hurt. He hit him probably with the hardest punch that I've seen Joe Joyce hit anybody with, including the one that fractured the orbital bone of Daniel Dubois. When when, when did Joe Joyce uh, fight Usyk? They fought in the World Series of Boxing. And after that, Usyk just dominated. Usyk knew how to buy the time. He turned and he dominated. Anthony Joshua's a little bit faster than Joe Joyce. Yes, he doesn't hit harder than Joe Joyce. I'm sorry. No. So uh, the power, I don't believe, is going to be much of a problem. I think the problem is going to be, can Anthony Joshua take the constant pressure of Alexander Usyk? And something else you mentioned before I came on, is Alexander Usyk motivated because of what's going on and Alexander Usyk is used to being in fact he thrives on being in your backyard if you went to him and said you know what I just would like to go 15 rounds with you you pick the place and I guarantee you he's going to say how about your backyard Alex what's all his belts Alex, what's your official prediction of the fight? Yeah, I think in a nutshell, I think what what Dax said there is, I think, the key. Uh, Usyk is comfortable being uncomfortable. He's made a life of it. Um, he's been in this sport um, he, he for a long time. These guys are both gold medalists, but that's one thing I did watch recently. Uh, Chad Dawson mentioned it um, after the Better Biev fight. Uh, you could find it on YouTube, Usyk versus Betterbiev in the uh, in the Olympics. Three times they fought. Um, yeah, it's it's worth a look. Um, and um, the uh, one of the things they mentioned, uh, Clemus mentioned at the, I think it was him who mentioned at the press conference is that um, Usyk can hold his breath underwater for four minutes and forty seconds. Um, this guy, he likes. He says when he gets into the ring, that's when he's free. So I think that's the major difference between Joshua and um, and Usyk. Ever since the Klitschko fight, and especially after the Ruiz fight, um, AJ is not as comfortable in there as he used to be. Uh, and who would be? It's, it's an unnatural thing. Uh, 
I think Usyk, I think we will see both guys will look better this time. And I think um, I'm, at least I, that's my expectation and, and hope um, because I'm looking forward to a good fight. I, w I don't think the Garcia, when it comes down to it, a, a fighter and a trainer need a couple of fights to gel together. At I least agree. Three. This is the first fight together. Come on. No, it's, uh, it's when it's, things get uh, scary and he gets hit on, he's going to go back to being Anthony Joshua. Hundred percent. Um, so and and I think because of that, we might see him win the first couple of rounds. But then I see uh, Usyk taking over, and he almost had him. He almost stopped him last time. I think this time he does. I don't think the bell to to ring the uh, to start the eleventh. I don't think we hear that. Uh, I think I don't think he's going to knock him out like a Ruiz uh, concussion knockout, but it's going to be an exhaustion knockout. And um, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think the the good thing about it, it or at least uh, I, I hope, is that it will be definitive. That we won't get like a split decision draw or something, and then wonder, oh well, who's the heavyweight champion? What do we do with the ratings? You know. <laughs> well, I, so both you guys picking Usyk by stoppage. Um, that's impressive uh, about him holding his breath for over four minutes. Uh, but to me, that Crazy. just makes that just it's makes him. Just that. It's just, but that just makes him an underwater swimmer, not a, not necessarily a, a boxer. But but in my opinion, the way the fight is going to go is going to be. Uh, I think Anthony Joshua and and I do agree a hundred percent about uh, Garcia not having enough time. But I do think that his short time is going to make a difference, and I think that his power, um, it, providing he comes out and whether Usyk is ready for it or not, I think that Joshua is going to come out very aggressive, and I think that this fight is going to end sooner than we think because I don't think that Usyk could handle. Uh, an onslaught of, of Anthony Joshua um, if Anthony Joshua is able to connect cleanly. I'm picking Joshua by knockout within eight rounds. If it doesn't end, it's going to be Usyk, no doubt about that. So I'm looking forward to the fight. I can't wait for our uh, post-fight show. Um, but I do have a couple of uh, non-boxing thoughts <coughs> that I wanted to follow up with. And then I have a mailbag uh, to end the show here. So um, Non-boxing thoughts this week. Um, I wanted to follow up to my pet talk that I did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, last, I don't know if it was last week or the week before. I was saying how important pets were and all this stuff. Well, uh, I was talking to my dog, Tony, the other day. And he says to me, hey, Dad, I've decided to form a Rottweiler Union. I said, what? I said, what do you mean a Rottweiler Union? He says, a, a Rottweiler Union. I think all Rottweilers deserves eggs and bacon for breakfast, a ham sandwich for lunch, and uh, steak for dinner, not this dog food you feed me. I said, what the fuck are you talking about, Tony? He says, uh, and another thing, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not so sure I appreciate the sleeping conditions. And I said, wait a minute. I said, you get fed every day for free. I provide you with a roof over your head and top-notch sleeping conditions. You get daily entertainment from me, and you get free medical care. Not to mention, I pick up your dog shit, and it doesn't cost you a penny. And at that moment, I realized that I myself have created an unappreciative socialist in my dog. No matter what you give them, they want more. All free in exchange for nothing. That's my first thought. My second thought is, 
Does anyone know how to drive anymore? I mean, is it me? Is it me? Or do all drivers suck today? I mean, first and foremost, you got people, you're following people. I know that they're texting, right? They're all over the road like they had six, seven uh, bottles of scotch. But, uh, I, I mean, come on, right? Then you have the 85 or older drivers. God bless them, all right? But they can't see over the steering wheel. Maybe they should be taking another road test. I'm not sure. I'm not so sure that they can handle their max warp speed of up to 25 miles an hour, no matter what kind of road they're on. And I always seem to get stuck behind them. Uh, but uh, then you have that, that what, what do you call them? Oh, the total asshole. You know the guy that you're coming up to an intersection and you see this car. You see the car. I mean, it's way there, right? And you know he sees you, and you're coming, and he's waiting, and you're coming, and he's waiting. And then just before you reach him, he cuts out in front of you, right? And you're like, what the hell? And then, of course, he has to make the quick left, like 100 feet, the next road. Like, nobody's behind you. He couldn't wait an extra second. I mean, come on. You know, an immediate turn. You know, I, I, I listen, how about the guys that are cutting you off? I mean, I... What about the ones that put the directional on left and then they turn right? I mean, I don't know. It, it just seems that nobody knows how to drive uh, today at all. My last uh, non-boxing thought was, I don't know if you guys caught this, but uh, there was a TikToker who uh, went viral. I don't know if that's proper, a TikToker. But this woman, right, she does this video, and it was called This Is Not Acceptable, right? So, so I bit. I watched it, right? So here's what she does. She, she's in a clothing store, and she does this demonstration with a pair of shorts that she was buying for her kids, a, a little boy and a little girl. Uh, the boy's shorts were labeled nine months old, and the little girl's shorts were labeled 2T. And she demonstrated multiple times, multiple styles of, of shorts, that they were the same exact size. And she says, this is not acceptable. We wonder why women today have a low self-esteem. <laughs> I said, wait, I'm saying to myself, what are you talking about? You know, who made up the sizes anyway? You know, I, I mean, uh, guys' sizes are, are uh, small, medium, large, extra large, big and tall, whatever. You know, I, I mean, women's sizes were always different. You know, it, it's the same thing. Nobody wants to hold themselves accountable. So if somebody has low self-esteem, they're going to blame the size system that they've been using for years? I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know. It, it just seems pretty crazy to me, you know. Uh, and now you get a, uh, you know, this mental, and everybody's got a mental problem um, using an excuse. You know, what worries me, Adrian Broner, you know, he says, oh, I have a mental issue. Listen, mental issues are a serious problem. But don't you think that the people that are taking a, uh, advantage of it or using it as an excuse may eliminate the potential help that someone that really needs it uh, could be getting. It's the same thing with, with services, you know, people that need financial aid. There's many people that are abusing the system. What about the person that can't get it because there's so many other ones abusing it? I don't know, man. I just think that people aren't holding themselves accountable, and uh, that's all I have to say about that stuff. Any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, one is... Don't call me again to get you an attorney considering you already have a restraining order to stay out of that store and watching those women go in and out of the dressing room. I watched room. the TikTok, and it wasn't a dressing room. She was setting it on a table, and, and she's making this big thing, and she's going, this is not acceptable. And I'm like, I, I'm watching this video, and I'm going, uh, and she's getting millions and millions of views. You know, and I, I go, I, I just didn't see it. I don't know. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's me. I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. 
I got a mailbag. I don't know, but no, I do believe in the uh, the Broner and and the mental health thing. But also, I also see a bad trend in that, considering more and more, it's becoming an excuse in boxing. If you notice, more and more, we're starting to get fighters coming out with they have mental health issues that's why they had to take time off away from the sport no right. my See, my point example my, is, you know is one adrian broner just went over over the edge at the time he was on um his instagram and the cops actually came to his house because he, he had a gun and he showed he was gonna um shoot himself and you know adrian broner is just a total buffoon but in terms of the um mental health aspect that has just become the latest trend in excuses but that's my point it shouldn't be it's a serious issue that people that you know suffer legitimately need help and should be able to get it and it's it's like the boy who cried wolf you know you have everybody using it as an excuse whatever the reason is and and you know we don't know if it's a legit reason with adrian broner or not but like you said based on his history I mean, you have to lean towards it. It's just a shame that people are you use an excuse. You know, you you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see, so you blame it on somebody else. You know, you step on the scale and it says, "Come on, one of you guys got to get off," and and you blame it the fact that you know you're eating uh, McDonald's too much and you should be doing. You know, I, I mean, it's you know, hold yourself accountable, Alex. You know what I'm talking about, right? But I think the thing is that I don't think that. I think being more tolerant and being accepting of people is the direction we want to move in, not the other way. Uh, and I think the fact that this is Adrian Broner and because of the other outrage, the many, many outrageous things he's done, it, it is one of those, it's easy to be well, suspicious. However, that's the thing about it is that if, if who are we to judge if, you know, he's to say if he's saying this um, and the idea that it's an excuse, I, I, I don't know that it's an excuse. It's uh, just that it seems we're becoming so mentally weak across the yeah, board. Yeah, but see, I, yeah, but what do you, I don't, I'm not sure what that means. Uh, mentally weak. Um, I think if anything, this is strength. I thought what Danny Garcia did and even Jim Gray, who I'm not a huge fan of, that was strength to be that honest uh. in front of people. Um, so I do think that, um, um, I don't know. I, I, it's unfortunate that, um, he's not fighting because sometimes he's entertaining. I, I've, I'm one who, uh, does enjoy watching him fight. I've always thought, um, uh, his, he could punch more, um, cause I like a more busy, uh, busy fighter. Um, but, uh, there are times when he's been brilliant. Um, he's not a Hall of Famer. I mean, the more time you spend on um, uh, social media, the, there's there's people making the comparison of KSI to George Foreman because Foreman fought multiple people in one night. I mean, to even put those two names in your mouth, to have them come out in the same sentence, uh, it's uh, just I'm not willing to make that leap and and I'm not going to shit on people who do because that that's just the world we live in today. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is at least they did. They were able to salvage the main event. Um, we are going to see uh, a Showtime card on Saturday night, too. So we're going to get a lot of boxing. 
yeah. on Saturday, which that's always good. Yeah. Um, oh, and in terms of uh, in terms of being uh, an ingrateful socialist, uh, your dog. I mean, come on, man. What our pets give us is is uh, just pure joy. Even when you have to scoop up their little poopies. I mean, yeah, well, all- maybe yeah. maybe you scoop up little poopies, but a Rottweiler, uh, they're a little bigger, all right? Um, you don't scoop, you shovel. It's a big, but, my but, brother, that's my brother calls, he's like, it's a bag of donuts. Yeah, it's it's not a scoop, it's a shovel. But anyway, I got a mailbag, this is from Coach, uh, and it was interesting. Dax, I, I know, you, you should probably mute me because you're going you're gonna to yell at me for this, but... Published in the Irish Sun, all right? My man coach. Now, this is from a mailbag, all right? A Floyd Mayweather. Published in the Irish Sun. Apparently, uh, Floyd Mayweather joined uh, something called Famio uh, back in 2020. And he's promoting that you get to pay $1,500 and you get to meet him online on a on a one-on-one and he says he wants to meet he says i'd love to invite you this is floyd i'd love to invite you to famio where you can personally meet me in a one-on-one video meet and greet now's here's your chance to meet me no matter where you are around the world you can ask me anything ask me about all my 50 undefeated fights ask me about what my eating regimen is ask me what my best fight was what my best knockout was Ask me what I do every day in my retirement. To be the best, you always must work overtime. The event's unbelievable. You guys don't want to miss it. I got some excuse, exclusive pieces that I just will be signing for this event. Can't wait to meet you all. I would, I would uh, like that. Yeah, you pay 1500 bucks. I, I would it, pay $1,500 to ask him with all the money that you have. That's my point. And how much you're showing off. Why are you doing something that former WWE superstars at the top of their game getting paid seven figures per night are now charging $50 for their autograph at a high school gymnasium? This is a guy, Floyd Mayweather, I've said all along, he's 100% con man, and he's showing it again now. He's conned us with his boxing career. He cons his uh, fans that pay for it. Most of all, he's conning himself. I'll say it again. I, I, you know, he's a talented guy, but uh, it, it's, it's a shame. But you make a point. At one point, uh, and, and I, uh, he was still active, he boasted that he was a billionaire, that he made a billion dollars in boxing. And now he needs, he's saying that he needs extra money and he's charging $1,500 to meet him online. How can you lose a billion dollars? Even if you only wear a pair of sneakers once, a billion dollars. You know, I mean. If he does one of those, um, you know, he'll leave you a phone message on your birthday. I'm going to get you that. Yeah, okay. Don't ever do it. Don't ever do it. Hey, listen, guys, thanks for joining me with this. I'm glad we're going in different directions for the fight. All I could say is we'll get to talk about the results on Saturday, and I'm even happier that it's going to be Saturday afternoon. And early, yes. Yeah, so yeah. You know, because so I, I could stay up for it and watch it. So, all right, fellas, we'll be back. We want you guys to be back. So until next time, ciao, baby.